Well, today again, we're going to be starting our podcast, uh, Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded. And as we have been in uh, not only the book of Proverbs, but uh, the last time we got together, we talked about disappointment. And we're going to continue on with that subject. Uh, And let me just switch screens here, and we'll go into our lesson. Okay, we're going to be in lesson number 20 uh, today, and uh, we're going to continue on, like I said, in disappointment. And uh, now God displays his love through disappointment, and it's something that uh, we really need to understand, something very important. We now arrive at Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 12, but we must begin our study with the end of the section. We're going to do it a little different. Okay. It starts out by saying uh, in verses 11 and 12, uh, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Well, these are loving verses, believe it or not. Uh, you know, if you remember your earthly father, or uh, at least some of you might remember how he disciplined you. And uh, there was a reason for discipline. Excuse me, that was for the, uh, for your, your, for your better. Uh, in other words, uh, if, we don't get disciplined. We never learn what's right or wrong. Now, to understand how God uses discipline to draw us closer to him through Christ, we must see four things. And these are the four things we're going we're gonna to see in it. Number one, the Lord will discipline and reprove those he loves. And we see that in verse 12. is clear. The Lord reproves him whom he loves. It just comes right out and says it. What we consider to be disappointment, disappointing circumstances, God considers to be uh, disciplining love. God disciplines is not optional. It's not optional. It is selective in that it applies only to those he loves. But it is comprehensive in that it applies to all those he loves. In the previous podcast, I don't know if you remember or not, but in the previous podcast, we saw that God uh, judged people by giving them what they wanted rather than what he wanted. Now we see the flip side, we flip, the other side of the coin, that God blesses people by giving them what he wants rather than what they want. So it's just the opposite of what we read before. God will not give you what you want. He will give you what you need. This is disappointing, but it's not it, but it will train you to expect what God expects, to desire what God desires. It will be uh, a long road but his discipline will draw you close to him. Okay, that's the first thing. 
Now, the second thing. You will be tempted to despise the Lord's discipline and grow weary of it. Nobody likes or feels, uh, likes to feel disappointment. Well, that's why commandment, that's why he commands you not to despise it, to grow weary of it. And that's in verse 11. When God's discipline comes, it will not make you feel good. No discipline feels good. It won't put the joy, 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 joy down in your heart like that song goes. You won't brag about how much God is blessing you. No discipline is immediately pleasant. When you, when your bank account is empty or people don't like you or your love life isn't all you hope for, hoped it to be, you're not going to feel great about it. But when it drives you away from yourself and back to the Lord, it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Hebrews 12:11. Turning to the Lord helps you not to despise his loving, protective, concerning discipline. Okay, what is the third thing? The third thing is you must choose not to despise the Lord's discipline. Fight the temptation to despair over your situation. Be prepared for the Lord's discipline to come again and again and again and again until you make uh, perfect in heaven with Jesus. Don't get worn down by it. Don't loiter in your self-pity. Don't crave to, uh, or don't cave to disappointment by uh, spiraling in and down or out and around. Make a different choice. The choice to uh, reinterpret your disappointment, disappointing circumstances. Well, what is the fourth and last thing here? Well, you must. Uh, reinterpret your disappointing circumstances. You must revisit your view of God. Unmanned expectations are evident of God's delight, delighted love for you. So it's evidence that God loves you. God is neither hostile nor uh, disinterested. He is your loving Father. And loving fathers take care of their children. Acknowledge that God is better than you are at knowing what's best for you. Thank him for proving his love by give, giving you what you need instead of what you want. Let your disappointments draw you closer to him. If you trust in Jesus, God is not out to get you. He is your dotting father, and you are his precious beloved children or child. Don't, or God hasn't met your expectation because he has something much better in mind for you. So those are the four things I wanted to look at to start off with. And in short, when life doesn't go the way you want it to go, it's because God's love, God's love you more, God's love loves you more than you can imagine. You don't know how much God loves you. 
until you see how he treats you. He treats you in a loving, kind way, even through discipline. Don't ever let your circumstances affect what you know to be true about the Lord. A wonderful saying is, remember that God loves you, and Jesus is the proof. Well, a loving father might take his child to Disney World, but he wouldn't ever leave him there. It wouldn't be good for the child's well-being, and the child wouldn't even enjoy the experience. The money would run out long before the happiness did. And what then? But what child is aware of what's truly good for him when he's uh, pleasing for an, uh, pleading for another day at the park? His contentment might return only when he adopts his loving father's mature perspective of the matter. You see, we have to try to understand what God wants, and um, when we do that, then we know that he's looking out for our best interest. Well, how do we refashion our disappointment? You know, we saw how we must see God's fatherly love when we face disappointment. Now we're ready to go back and explore the many realms where it is so often so often felt disappointed. In other words, we had to look at the last part of this section before we could look at the first to really understand it. Now that we understand why God disciplines us, it's for our own good, now we can look back to the beginning. Well, Proverbs, uh, the first 10 verses in Proverbs uh, contain the five pairs of verses, each with commands and consequences that address the five special areas uh, of life. Each pair contracts our uh, meager expectation which God's unbelieving rewards. We must find echo of these rewards in our daily life, our day-to-day -day life. But if we mistake the echoes for the essence we miss the point and end up disappointed. The essence is found in God's rescue mission accomplished through Jesus Christ. That's his, that's his rescue mission when he sent Jesus Christ to rescue us. And when he rescues us, he also lovingly disciplines us to desire what he desires for us. Okay, so over the next few podcasts, we're going to explore our struggles with disappointment about the following life's issues. And these are the, these are the issues right here. Longevity, relationship, guidance, health, and finances. These five are the ones that we're going to be looking at over the next few podcasts. Uh, I'll uh, connect Solomon's sayings to the rest of the Bible and to our lives using the following categories. I'll link back to here from each of the next few points to remind you of these details. So you got to keep these five in mind, longevity, relationship, guidance, health, and finances. We're going to be talking about all of this. Okay. And how do we refashion our, our disappointments? Well, these things. 
commands, consequences, our meager expectations, God's unbelievable rewards, echoes, and essence. Well, commands, observe the commands. That's what it's, we're told. Consequences, observe the consequences for in bo- uh, uh, obeying them or not obeying them. Okay, our meager expectation. It states a common misinterpretation of these verses. God, unbelievable rewards. Uh, use other proverbs to illustrate what's, what Solomon and thus God meant by these verses. Echoes. Use examples from Solomon's Bible. Books or stories that were available to him to show how God taught and foreshadowed this reward through real-life object lessons. If we can confuse these echoes with the essence, we will expect the wrong thing and end up disappointed. Now the essence, the last one, uh, describes how Jesus was denied the promises so we might be granted it. Then it explains how God trains us to love what he loves. Okay, we get disappointments when our expectations are not met. And we can understand that. We're never happy when we don't get it our way. Uh, We commonly expect that if we honor God, we will live long and prosperous. But God desires something better for us. Now listen to this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. And that's in the very first and second verse, chapter 3. Command, obey God's commands. Consequences, long life and peace. Right? Our uh, meager expectation People who serve God won't die young. That's what we believe from these verses. That's not what it's saying. Well, you have to understand something. God's unbelievable rewards and unbreakable relationship with God in Proverbs is life, often referred to more than simply having a heartbeat and living in this world. Uh, You know, we can look in Proverbs 3, 21, 22, and 4, uh, 13, 8, 35, etc. Well, Walton commanded, or commented, that the meaning of life in Proverbs is commonly misrepresented and or misinterpreted or misunderstood as temporary life that ends with clinical death. That's not right. As Kinder states, and this is another statement, in several places it is not too much to say that life means fellowship with God. That's what life is. And, and, and here's the echoes of that. To give a picture of, that, of his everlasting relationship with us, God often lets the righteous live to a good old age. Genesis 25.8 and cut short the life of the wicked, Genesis 38, 7. 
But the essence of the reward is not about old age. If you expect every servant of God to live to old age, you will be disappointed. I know that I've lived to be an old man, but uh, that isn't because God loves me and doesn't love you. If you're you die young, I mean that that's not what it meant here. In essence, God sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross, so you so He might give us life, eternal life, meaning knowing Him. John seventeen three, when we seek life. Anywhere else, God graciously steps in and disappoints us. He leads us right back to what's best for us, loving Jesus and keeping his commandments. 1 John 3, 16, 23 and 24. Well, how might Jesus' ultimate death help you refashion your disappointment and uh, when someone's life is cut short? All you have to do is look back and see what life really means. Life doesn't mean taking a breath uh, and living long here on earth. It means Jesus Christ went to the cross and died. And if we put our faith and trust in that, uh, when we seek life anywhere else, God graciously steps in and disappoints us. He leads us right back to the best place, loving Jesus and keeping his commandments. Well, we're going to continue on with disappointment uh, in our next lesson. And uh, I'm going to end our our podcast right here. And again, as usual, uh, I always say God is out here and you can find him. Just open up your Bible. Tells you all about it. Tells you how he created everything. And then in Romans 1, it even tells you how you you can find God just by looking at his creation. It shows there is a God, and you can't deny it. And God has put that in our hearts as well. So with that said, I'm just going to end my podcast here, and have a great day. And Lord bless you.